right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi, who is live at Martinsville Speedway. And I'm at home in Colorado, and we're, uh, we're ready to do another one of these podcasts after a Martinsville race that, um, uh, I, you know, it was a race. Um, I don't even know if it would rise to Jordan's level of perfectly acceptable, but uh, it was a race that did happen. And so we are here to, <laughs> to discuss all that went on. Uh, in Kyle Larson's victory at Martinsville. So, Jordan, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well, but most importantly, I want to hear your opinion on this. I, I think we probably differ to some degree, though. I, I, I agree with you on the bigger picture here that the racing wasn't fantastic. I'm not – I don't think I'm – I'm, I'm screaming from the mountaintop like maybe some other people are. Maybe you're going to be. Um, I, I do think there needs to be something done. This is worrisome that Martinsville has all of a sudden turned into what it is. Um, but I, I'm trying to look on the bright side of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's sort of like, uh, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Um, <laughs> well, I've heard that yeah. a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you, <laughs> you know, look, I, I don't think there's any, any reason to have sort of outrage about it because what at this point, you know, what can be done? This is, you know, they tried to tweak the short track package as best they could without changing the entire car. Uh, Phoenix, you know, it felt like some drivers said, Hey, you know, maybe there's something here. Um, Richmond, you know, maybe it felt like that, that made that a little bit better race, but unfortunately at Martinsville, I mean, you, you had responses ranging from Chase Briscoe saying, Oh, I think it made it about 10% better to Kyle, Kyle Larson saying, um, you know, it felt the same to me. And if you had told me it was the exact same as last year, I would have agreed with you. Um, Denny Hamlin after the race said what I think a lot of people felt watching the race, which was that it's a track position race. It's clean air race. This is what you have with the next gen era at short tracks is what we've been saying, unfortunately. Uh, And unfortunately as well, they've pulled the levers that they're going to be able to pull at this point anytime soon. Um, you know, it was, you know, it, it's just not sort of the Martinsville that you remember. And and the farther it gets from that, I guess it's easy to forget that Martinsville was once, uh, a race full of action and constant cautions and constant, you know, stuff. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to, I was going to say that to me is the biggest thing is the lack of cautions. Like there's just, there was a few today and I don't have the number in front of me, but there was just not, there was five today. Was the was that including the stage cautions? Including the stage cautions. So you had okay, so Harrison three. Burton spin. You had the caution for the tire coming off, and then you had the JJ uh, Yaley incident. Okay, that, that so you had it. like two contact cautions. I guess you want to call them that. That to me is the big thing. Is you just you didn't have that. You didn't have drivers getting into each other and spinning each other out and piling into each other and all of that. That element of this race was absent, and that was what I think was so sorely missing from this. Yeah. I mean, it's just, look, I, I guess if you never knew or thought much about, you know, if you weren't aware of NASCAR short track racing previously, um, before the fast, you know, couple years, I guess, um, you know, you'd say, Oh, it was, it was fine, whatever. But when you think about like all the sort of great action field, I was going back through the, the amount of, you know, some of these past Martinsville races, you know, um, from, from years past and in looking at the caution numbers. And, and I think I, I tweeted, it was like 36 of 38 
Martinsville races at one point had double digit cautions and like 16 of those were 15 or more cautions in a race, which you watch this race and you go, how is that possible? <laughs> you know, but, um, that's, you know, that, that was NASCAR short track racing. That was why Martinsville and Bristol and places like that got so popular. And so I think now when you see, I mean, it's, it's not just the cautions, right? Because it's, it's, you see sort of just this inability to make big moves through the field. I mean, Ryan Priest you know, he, he starts out front, right. And, and you don't know how good his car was, but it seemed pretty good. Cause all of Stuart Haas, they were pretty good. All four cars, uh, he leads, leads the first 135 laps. Right. And so you're thinking, wow. Okay. Then he gets a speeding penalty and he spends the entire race basically trying to get back into the top 20 on that last run there. He ends up getting back up to 15th. And that was as high as he ever got the rest of the day after completely dominating the first part of this race with a really fast car. Um, you know, Hamlin again says afterwards, you know, like he, he and Harvick were in grip, good position. Then that caution comes out, you know, strategy, whatever, bad timing for them, unfortunate, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they had to pit uh, again. I mean, I guess they, they could have stayed out and, and, and rolled the dice with the tires, but you know, then Denny says, well, you know, that I can't, I can't pass, uh, I can't pass cars that I was just lapping 10 laps ago. I'm stuck behind them. Um, and, and again, that's what you heard all day long was, you know, you, you see these cars get speeding penalties or, or whatever. They got to go to the back. That's it. You never sort of hear from them again. Meanwhile, if you're able to set a, sort of get some great track position with a bad car, like Joey Logano was a complete non-factor in this race, <laughs> right? Complete non-factor. Yep. Same with Justin. Uh, yeah. And he, Logano ends up finishing second and you know, had maybe if Larson is not yeah. as aggressive there and, and Logano just blocks and, and, you know, he had to move Logano to get by. I don't know. Maybe Logano wins no. a race somehow, but that's not what. Okay. He finished no, second. I mean, I I'm just saying. I know. I know he did, but I mean, you look at it earlier though, Chastain was in that same position and he ended up sliding backwards after like 30 or 40 laps. Like it, it the tires did eventually fall off at some point. And I think Larson was in a really good spot. And I asked this question to you earlier, and I think it's worth discussing. Is this a package thing or is this a tire issue? Because to me, I look at this and say, when you have, when you're at Martinsville and you have drivers who are able to either take no tires or two tires and then maintain their spots for at least a small short run, that to me screams tire issue and that there's just not the tire wear that is necessary. I mean, I, I, I think certainly you can't, argue that right like um i mean the tires could certainly i think everybody would like a little bit more fall off but at the same time i think the tire and packaging is sort of related right like the way this car is is designed it seems like goodyear as they have been are, are in sort of a box with what they can do um you know obviously they're, they're trying to make a tire that doesn't blow out and go flat like we saw last year you know we kept saying oh my gosh these tires are going flat this is terrible right you know they're trying to build a tire that you can race on and, and I'm sure you want wear, but I, I just think it's all tied together. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just what, what this car is. Um, it's sort of the, the base platform of this car package. If you're referring to like the aero package or whatever they can do to it. I, I don't, I think that they've, I don't know if they've maxed it out already, but that spoiler is already pretty tiny. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to have to redesign parts of the car at this point, which is going to take a long time. And, and I know you were trying to get interviews in the garage, but Dustin Long asked an incredibly uh, revealing question that sort of uh, popped my eyes open. 
to Jeff Andrews um, of Hendrick Motorsports, who Jeff Andrews, you know, really made his name in, in the engine side before becoming, yep. uh, you know, the head of Hendrick, right? And, you know, he's, you know, Dustin had come off pit road, right? Where drivers, more drivers are saying, hey, we need more horsepower. That would really help this. We need more horsepower so we can get off the corners and, you know, race, race each other and all the stuff. So he asked Jeff Andrews, you know, well, is it, is it possible to get more horsepower with the current, um, you know, with, with, with the way the engines are now, is it even possible? And second of all, what would it take to do that? And Jeff Andrews said, it is possible, but you have to understand the parts that we are ordering, we're ordering like six months to a year out based on this current engine right now. So if you wanted to change the package, even for next year, if you wanted to say, mm. Hey, we need to get more horsepower. If NASCAR decided that right now for next year, Jeff Andrews said, time is about out. You would have to decide it like right now, because he said it's to do the parts for that, that you would require to, yeah. you know, basically redo the engines and add more horsepower. Um, those are like a year to 18 months out. You would have to Oof. order those. Right. That was my reaction watching it. Like, wow. So this is, this is, I think this is sort of the thing. Like this is what it's, it, this is why it's, it's sort of just disappointing at this point. Right. Because we could come here and say NASCAR short track racing has been ruined. Where is the short track racing that we love? They need to do something at this point, unless you're going to do whatever to the car. And, and then that's going to be a whole other thing, you know, because we, we already know how hard it is to get parts for the cars and all that stuff. You, and you'd have to redesign it. The, I think this is just sort of what they have. And that's sort of why, yeah. why it's a bummer because it's not, you can't just say, I'm going to get mad at you and start yelling about this until you do something. I, I just think they're, this is the box everybody's in at this point. And if, if something's going to get sort of fixed at short tracks, it ain't coming anytime soon. Um, and so that's just sort of like the, oh man, that's, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. That's, that's all. That's how I feel it's, about it. You know, I think it's more than a bummer. I mean, it's a serious issue. Um, for a lot of reasons. And I, that's why I do wonder, like when you have this car and the car, what it is, like maybe hopefully, and I, maybe I'm speaking out of my mouth, you know, speaking wrong here. Like maybe you figure out a way to do something with the tires. Cause if you, maybe you, you, you create a tire that has more fall off. And that would be the only way that you could maybe save short track racing at this point where drivers are going to have to manage their tires. Otherwise it goes back to what you said. That's that to me is the only lever I feel like you can pull at this point. Cause I don't know to your point, And we've heard it from other people say that, you know, publicly and privately, like you, you can't really do a whole lot here. Also the manufacturers don't necessarily want lower downforce or I'm sorry, higher down or excuse higher, higher horsepower, horsepower yeah. or higher horsepower. So uh, to me, I just go back to the tires. Like that seems like that's the, maybe the last possible solution. Other than that, you are what it is, what it is. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of people in my mentions today, Jordan, during the race and, and saying, imagine, uh, getting mad about Bristol dirt, but liking this basically when it would, I, you know, I, I, again, I, I, <laughs> I didn't love this, but at the same time, it certainly weakens my argument, right? Like if I'm going to say, no, get rid of Bristol dirt because you got to give us back a pavement, you know, a concrete Bristol, uh, yeah. you know, uh, that Bristol dirt race was no offense, Jeff. I, I was more entertained by that race last week than this week. Well, and, and 
that's a problem. That's a big problem. I mean, again, as we sit here today, some of the biggest high profile events coming up remaining this season are with this package uh, that was hoped to sort of help the racing. You've got the North Wilkesboro all-star race and, and there, hopefully the track is rough enough that the tires do wear out and that's what makes the difference. But, um, you know, seeing this doesn't give you a ton of optimism for that. Then you've got, um, I mean, I don't know if you want to throw sort of the Chicago street course in there, um, with this, you know, it is the same package again, it's not a short track, but, um, you know, it's sort of like that needs to be a good race. Obviously the Martinsville semifinal race in the fall needs to be a good race. The Phoenix championship race needs to be a good race. All this, all those races with this package. So, um, yeah, you know, I, and you I just need a good product regardless. Like doesn't sure. Matt, you know, I would say if you look at the current situation with TV ratings and NASCAR's place and everything, like you just need a good product. You need a product where people feel confident that they're going to turn in, whether what it doesn't matter with tracks, super speedway, intermediate, short track, or whatever. Like, Hey, you know what? They're going to put on a good show today. And you, you, you I don't feel like, I just feel like there's that doubt right now. There's a big question mark. You don't know what you're going to get week to week. And while that's good on some levels of maybe unpredictability and different winners, when you don't, when it comes to that and the racing, that's a little scary. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, I think after, after sort of today, I'm not saying I'm not going to harp on this again, but I, I don't, I, I think that we had, we sort of have the answer now. Yeah. You know, we've seen this short track swing now. We've seen Phoenix. Um, the questions going into the season of will this help um, after the, the preseason Phoenix test where they, they tried this and everything like, um, you know, is, is it going to work? Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we've sort of seen the results. And going forward, I don't think we should expect – I don't think anybody should have really high expectations going into any of the short track race. If, if somehow it's a great race, great. That's wonderful. I think everybody wants that. Um, like we had at Richmond, I thought Richmond was good, you know, and, but <laughs> that had more, a lot more to do in a way with the strategy Sure. there, you know? Um, I mean that, that was fine, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it's really, I, I mean, I, I guess that's just sort of the state of the package. I don't really know what else there is to say about that part. I mean, I guess we can just talk about the race unless you want to talk more about it, but I, I don't know what you can it, do. I, I don't, yeah. I, I feel like we're, we're out of things to talk about in this because we've talked about it. We've talked about it now for a while, for a long while. And I think you make a really good point when you say they're about out of lovers. And I think, I, I don't know. And why I hear drivers say more horsepower, more horsepower like that, to me isn't a realistic solution because that doesn't meet what, what the three OEMs want. And at the end of the day, if that's not what they want, they're going to get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. sorry. Yeah, I wish I could, all. I wish yeah, I could I come know. on here like, and be like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be Debbie yeah. Downer here. I, I know. That, I mean, there was, there was but, things today I, I thought were, Good. I mean, I didn't, I, I will say I did not, there was, I did not think this race was as bad as last year's race. Like, I don't even think it was close. I do think that there was more positive to take away from this than last year. Maybe because it wasn't, I wasn't freezing on pit road after the race, but um, I, I did think at times there, there was some good racing and there was some passing, you know, you didn't just see one guy completely run away with it. Like we did last year. You saw Denny Hamlin make moves. You saw, 
Joey Logano come from the back. You saw Ryan Blaney come from the back. And so at least there was some of that there. I, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm grasping at straws. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was um, <laughs> I was kind of going into it thinking, man, uh, if this is sort of, you know, if this race could use some, uh, you know, an injection of excitement and then it's close at the end, like, you know, the second place car is within a second or two of the leader and they're, you know, you would have been like, well, what if they hadn't been, you know, ban the hail mail and what would have happened? As it turns out, Larson won by 4.1 seconds over Logano. So even if, yeah. Even if Logano had tried to do a hail mail on the last lap, it yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't. So that, that was a non-factor, you know, that, that didn't make a difference. Um, you know, it, it was just, a. yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there was definitely, um, you know, you definitely had some cautions, uh, that, I mean, that caution for the tire really mixed things up. People were really mad about that on Twitter. Um, this might surprise you, but I'm not actually like super pissed about that caution or anything like I, I, that blows my mind. Okay, here here's why. I okay, now you know that NASCAR is up there in the tower watching yep. the race. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should they I mean, yes, the tire was sitting on the track for two laps. People are screaming about it, right? Not good. I'm not saying that's good at whatsoever. That sounds uh, like you are. Somebody somebody could have punted it and that would have been a terrible situation. Ideally, somebody spots that, right? I'm just saying though, like we already know based on like you, you remember last year when the Hamlin Byron thing happened at Texas happened right in front of the NASCAR scoring tower, yep. right below them on the infield grass where Byron intentionally turns Hamlin. Then NASCAR issues a penalty afterwards because Scott Miller comes out and says, Hey, look, we just missed it. We just missed it. And at the time we said, Oh my gosh, how'd they miss that? TV was talking about it. It was all over TV. TV had the replays. TV was talking about it instantly. Like this was on purpose. How, how do you miss that? We learned at the time, you know, or it was reaffirmed at the time. NASCAR is not, they're not watching TV. They are watching, they have various camera angles. They're watching the race. And we said at the time, maybe, maybe somebody should be in the tower assigned to watch TV. That's what I That I still say. think after today, again, would be a great Let's find the intern thing. and sit him in front of the television. And their job is to, to monitor. Go, hey, you guys see this? Cause yeah. Fox, right here, guys. Yeah. They, FS1 was locked onto that tire. And it looked yeah. like the flag man was looking right at it. At the same time, though, like, okay, clearly it was up against the wall. It was Yeah, in it, it's hard to see. It, it was in a spot where if you're in the tower, especially here, like, I mean, some tracks a little bit, but here, like your point, it was in the shadows on a turn floor. It's it's not in a, in a very easy spot for those on the tower, though there are people in the turns, though, right? Like, that's where I, I get a little bit lost. It's like, where were the turn sure. spotters? I, and not to mention, yeah. like, the, the flag person – and the, the person in the flag stand, like, they're seemingly looking at that. It looked or, like you know, it, right? Yeah. So, like that—that's where you lose me a little bit. Where I have questions of, like, okay, I, I get you're not watching TV. I, I understand maybe you can't see it up in the tower in that angle, but where are your folks in the top? Where are your folks on the track on the ground? And where was the flag person? I just—that's where the disconnect is. Like, I, I wasn't there. It I, maybe if I see it, if I saw it with my own eyes, would be different, but you know, just listening to the radios and you're hearing, Oh, somebody lost a tire. There's a tire on the track mm-hmm. or whatever. To me, if I thought a tire came off the track and I was scanning for it, right. I would be looking for something bouncing around or something sure. rolling, something like that. Not a tire sitting right up against the wall in a shadows sort of. So that's again, 
like, am I saying this is ideal? No, of course not at all. I wish they had seen it. It's not good at all. I mean, you know, but I, I don't think there was, it was a case of like, Oh, let's try to get this. Let's try to let this play out. Like, like the tire on the infield grass, like they they weren't, they just, they didn't see it. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it was negligence. I just think it was one of those things. And also say like two laps at Martinsville go pretty quick. Like, it's not like this is two laps at Texas or, you know, some other track where it's bigger. This is a half mile track. Like it's, it's, you know, two laps go in a snap of a finger. So I, I I just, I'm willing to let this go. I'm not willing to like sit here and scream and, and, and call it for NASCAR's head. I just, just seems like this would be something you'd pick up, but you know, sometimes sure. officials miss. Sometimes, sometimes officials miss calls. Some even the obvious ones. Well, it certainly hurt Brad Kozlowski because he pitted. Yeah, I mean, boy, what bad timing for him. I mean, and and that's the thing too. Like we we scream all the time, or at least I do. I guess I shouldn't say you. When you I say we, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. I, I guess I'm talking about me and people with like minded thinking, not you necessarily, Jordan Bianchi. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But um we scream all the time about like, we don't want NASCAR to sort of manipulate the race or interrupt it in a way, especially during a cycle of green flag pit stops. Cause that changes the outcome of the race. Right. So I really, again, I don't have a problem in, in this case. They clearly heard on the radio. They start looking for it, but they had to make extra sure as well. That was in the middle of green. If they press it right away and, and they're not even without even seeing it. I mean, that's no, sort I mean, of, you have to visually identify it. You can't right. just, because you know, that, that's that's messing up. That is, people are using the strategy right then. People are pitting yeah. right then, um, and you know, as, again, it's still it's still altered the strategy based on the timing. But you know, I I don't know. Uh, it you you can look at a, a few days gone south there. Maybe the race could have turned out differently. But it arguably. helped Logano, helped Truex, helped Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney. I think Chase Elliott's in that group as well, where it turned around. They, they well, I, I think you could argue Larson's not going to win the race without that, right? Because yeah. he takes the yeah. two tires there. Very fair. Very um, fair. Hey, it's it's probably going to be Hamlin or Harvick because Harvick maybe Briscoe. Yeah, Harvick was in. Um, Harvick was he had just come out ahead of Hamlin. He jumped Hamlin, mm-hmm. and if he didn't pit. Um, was it, did he get the flat tire right after that? Or he, he got the flat the pit, tire the he, second time? Yeah. He, he made the second the pit flat. Stop. Yeah. Yes. Right. So yeah, if he, he, you know, if he doesn't come out back down pit road again, um, yeah. but that triggers the whole sequence. If it runs green there, Hamlin has to pass Harvick for the win. And those two are battling it out, which would have been pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know how it would have turned out, but obviously uh, Harvick ends up 20th and Hamlin is up fourth. So Cautions yeah, I mean, have uh, caught potentially cost Kevin Harvick in his final season two wins this year. You go back to Phoenix, and you go back to and then today, and in your final season when you haven't won a race yet, you kind of want you, you know you don't know if you're going to get that opportunity. Yeah, Rodney Childress tweeted afterwards, "Best car we've ever had at Martinsville." Yeah, they, that's then, a, it's it's they, that's this is one of the few tracks they've not won at as a team in ten years, which is saying something because they've won a lot of places. <laughs> Let's talk about SHR real quick, just while we're yeah. on the, the Harvick subject, because, um, and on the one hand, if you're SHR, you go, wow, like we came out here and we showed something today. We had four potential winning cars. <laughs> you feel really good about your speed. You feel like, man, like, okay, Hey, like we're, maybe we're not as far off. Like we, maybe we can go to some of these tracks and do something right. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, what, what you look at the results and at the end you go, what do we do with our four potential winning cars? We got one top five out of it. One fifth place finish out of it. Chase Briscoe, 
Um, yeah. Eric Almirola finished... would agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, t- I saw him in the garage and he had a face of a man who did not have the results he wanted today. Like he was displeased because like your point, like they had, he's like, we had fast cars, didn't finish it, didn't close it out. Got to take advantage of it. Yeah, you do. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. You can, you can build up sort of like these narratives of, of like, wow, like, Hey, step positive step in the right direction. This is great. Like for Ryan priest and stuff like that. But in the end, like, unf- you know, you hate to do it because it's professional sports. You hate to look at it like this, but Ryan priest with that speeding penalty, that potentially could have been a season altering right. caution for him. If he does not, or a, a season altering penalty for him, sorry, not caution. If he does not speed, who knows what happens in the race, He, but he's going to be up there for, for most of the day, probably. And potentially he wins and makes the playoffs. Instead, he finishes 15th, has nothing to show for it, really. He, yeah, he won a stage, but that ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? No. Like, hey. he is, I don't even know where he is in points. I think he was 27th coming into today. Yeah, but he, he, is, thought- he is still 27th. Okay. So, so. And I talked to him post race and to his credit, he owned it. Like he hundred percent owned it. Like that's sure. on me, my fault. I can't do that. We can't have those kind of mistakes. And he was frustrated with himself and kudos to him for owning it. There was no excuses, but you, you, you've got to win. He knows he has to win for, to, to get in the playoffs. Your only path to get there is win. And this was your best shot. And this has been a pattern a little bit this year with him and that team where they've had speed at times, but for either one reason or another, whether it's mistakes that they make or it's mechanical failures or bad luck, they haven't had the corresponding finishes. And, you know, you're, you're, you, you don't know if you're going to, if you're that team, you can't, you can't say, Hey, this, we're going to get them the next week or the week after that. Cause you don't know, cause it hasn't consistently been there. So this was tough. And this is one of those you might look back on and say, what a shoulda, coulda. And this could be the big difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And, when you're SHR and you, you know, you call it the big four in the garage, right? Well, the big four lately has been the big three and then Kevin Harvick. And then the other three SHR drivers are on their own little island. It's you just these these days like this don't come around too often for this organization. Well, that's right. And and I think it's, you know, especially when you know, you, you think, OK, Ryan Priest, short track specialist, right? Like Martinsville is is it, it's almost it's almost similar to. AJ Allmendinger at the road courses in a way. Right. Yeah, and if you would have said like, Hey, um, Hey, AJ Allmendinger, you know, was in position to win and something happened and th- you know, maybe that was his chance at the playoffs gone. Um, you know, Ryan priest isn't going to be leading 135 laps every week. Um, mm-hmm. at least from based on what we've seen. Uh, so when you have that and it, Chase Briscoe led 109 laps today too, his teammate, I mean, when you let those days, slip away and, and you're having a, a tough season or an inconsistent season, at least you're, it's just like, woof, that, that really hurts. I mean, it really, you, you, we're already, there's only 17 races left until the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, but, and, and to take your point, if Ryan Priest is a short track specialist and, and that's an interesting point I, we can touch on again is like, you look at it, well, there's no more Bristol next Bristol races until after the playoffs start. The next Martinsville race is until after the playoffs start. So now you're putting your eggs in the basket at Richmond, and I would throw probably New Hampshire in there as well because he's which had, SHR you know, has had a magical day there in the past, and, and he's got a lot of laps there and a lot of cars and done really mm-hmm. well there. So like you're all of a sudden your your list is much shorter than it was, and it's interesting. And I think to the point about specialization, I do think we're kind of in this era. I think we even talked about this after Stenhouse won 
uh, at Daytona. It's like you can maybe get a driver now who's good at five or six or a certain type of racetrack, whether it's super speedways where there's five in the regular season or road courses when there's five in the regular season. Like, hey, we're going all in on this because we know we we, we really believe our guy is going to get one of those five and get us in the playoff. The downside of that is, though, when you shoot yourself in the foot or you don't get that win, your other opportunities to get wins elsewhere quickly diminishes. It's so, um, you know, when you look at something, the, the pre-speeding penalty in particular, right? It wasn't like he wasn't watching his lights. It wasn't like he was being careless, so to speak, right? He was going down pit road. He, he had the first pit stall and, you know, they, they've taken away that main pit stall, right? Like the, mm-hmm. they, they took it away. So now the first pit stall is really the second pit stall. So there's more room before the timing line. So he finishes his pit stop and he guns it, of course, to try to beat the cars off pit road. Unfortunately, there was just too much more room and it allowed him to speed. If, if he was in that true traditional first pit stall, no worries. He's not going to speed. No matter what you do, you're not going to get up fast enough to speed. Um, and that's all it took. And that's, that's it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the nature of the beast, and I yep. think that that team is, you know, they they had a really fast car the week before at Bristol, and it went sideways for them there. And it's been a few times that you go back to the clash. That's a non points race, but the same thing, really fast race car. Remember, we were all impressed with Ryan Priest, and then mechanical failure towards the end. It's just that's kind of how it's gone for him so far. Do you want to close that door behind you? I don't know. Somebody came in here. There's like equipment in here. Camera, hang on. I'm gonna fall. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Seriously. Oh boy. That would have been a good YouTube highlight right there, Jordan. I can't hear you. I said that would have been a good YouTube highlight if you fell right there trying to close the door. What was that? I should have slid my chair back more. But (laughs) thought I had longer arms than it was. Thought it would be easier than it was. You know, I'm just impressed that you found a place to record at Martinsville. Uh, Martinsville is. It's got to be, if not P1 in the hardest places to find to record a podcast it's got to be uh, in the top will, three uh, atlanta's still got number one because i had to be in a you were in the storage closet, closet there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at least i was able to get a radio room here um it's you know they take care of me here at Martinsville. they like me here that's good and not yeah, you're not they, you're not in the storage closet so that's good i'm not <laughs> yeah. though it was nice being in the storage closet in atlanta because like during the podcast i got thirsty i literally was just able to reach down and grab a water out of the case of water that my computer was sitting on so that was a, a nice benefit it's a beautiful thing yes yeah you know, take advantage so, the situation um listen kyle larson uh once said you know i i think he even made a quip after he uh maybe maybe i'm misremembering this remember he he had passed out at the he had fainted one time yeah, uh, in an autograph session and he did, he missed the race. Didn't he? Didn't he miss he did. the race? Regan yeah. Smith filled it for him. Yep. Last minute. And, um, he basically said, you know, if there's any place that that would be good that this happened, uh, it'd be <laughs> Martinsville. Cause I hate this place. Even after the race today, he was saying, you know, there's been times where, and he wanted this place to flood. Um, he wanted it all, all sorts of bad things to happen. And, um, you know, he, this, this was like his probably least favorite track or his biggest challenge for all the tracks. Yeah. And what was what was interesting about it, and, and you got Dustin Long with a great line of questioning here. He 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 got basically he got Larson to say how much it meant to him because it this like Larson is naturally talented, right? 
And a lot of his career, especially in, on the dirt side and especially early in NASCAR as well, was basically he was doing stuff based on his talent. His talent got him to um, have those have those victories. You know, it was largely on that. It wasn't like he was having to study or work hard and, and things like that. Like, yeah, he put some work into it, but he was like, hey, I can just go out. I'll just go out and drive. Martinsville is sort of the one track more than any other that he has put a ton of work into. Like he has studied and worked to make himself better. And as a result, he ends up winning today. Right. And it, it just seems to me like it, he, he even said he got emotional and teary at the end. Of, uh, you know, he was, it was a situation where it meant so much to him. And he said it was in, I guess the, I think he said it was the top seven. I don't know how he came up with that number seven wins of his entire career hmm. because he, he couldn't, it wasn't just his talent. I mean, he had to, he had to pour himself and in, in the effort and run hundreds of laps on SIM and look at data and all that stuff. And because of that, it, it, it really resonated with him. It really meant a lot to him. So to see him win this race, um, you know, it's sort of like, wow, that's it's because it's scary. You know, you have, you have athletes all over, you know, this is across any sport, right? You'll have an NBA player who's they're pretty talented and they don't really have to work hard. And then you have sort of like the, the scrappy players who are, they don't, maybe don't have that much talent, but they have the yeah, effort like and the hustle. Yeah. Like who? I'm at me. Example. I'm a, I'm a gritty guy. Okay. Well, there you go. You're like you lack talent. the talent, but you're, you're, yeah. you're grinding, right? You're the superstar. And you know, Oh, I thought you were talking about in your pickup basketball. You're talking about uh, writing. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, this is not a good example. You're, you're, you're a star. You're a star. Yeah. You're breaking every news story. You're not uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but when you get the when you get the talent plus the work ethic, you know, sort of the Michael Jordan esque type thing, yeah. right? Like, it Michael Jordan didn't just like, all right, I'm good and I don't have to work well, at it. He's like, the hardest worker on his team, period. Right, exactly, right. So when when you take Larson Larson's talent level, which is already base level, starting higher than most people, and then you add in the work ethic, where he can win at a place like Martinsville, where he said all the time that he sucked and he was depressed driving up there. Cause he didn't want to race there. Um, that's big. So, um, Huge. it's, it's just sort of like, you know, there's a lot, a lot of untapped potential amazingly still left for Kyle Larson, which is pretty scary to think about. Really scary. And this is one of the reasons I like Martinsville because I do think there's a nuance to it that a lot of other tracks don't have where you can, you really have to have a lot of laps here and experience. You've heard Dale Earnhardt Jr. talk about how it took him following, I think it was Jimmy Johnson once, you know, around here to figure it out. There's just, there is such a, this is a pure driving track, like a driver's track where it's just, a driver can make such a difference. And I feel like a, a driver can carry a, an average car to being good and a good car being great. And seeing somebody put in that effort is great because there is a lot of very talented drivers in the garage and probably shouldn't name names. Maybe or we should, I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of talented drivers in the garage who probably don't put in a lot of work. We know they don't put in the work and they could, they're leaving a lot on the table and Larson's not that way. And he continues to grind and put in the time and say what you want about all the extra, you know, running the dirt stuff and whether you think he should or not. But that to me is a drive. I don't mean me not agree with it, but I respect him willing to do that because it, he feels like it makes him better. And when you're running all these races around the country, because you feel like that's going to make you better on Sundays, that, that to me, that speaks volumes about him. And 
when you to your point, when you already mix a guy who's got all this talent with an, a work ethic, like that's that's scary because that that's a very very high ceiling for him. Then, well, it, it's it's fascinating you you say that about Martinsville because that's always been my thinking, like that you know good drivers at Martinsville, like we're gonna see a lot of the same guys. Mm-hmm. But what was particularly stunning, I think, about this race was it sort of flipped on its head a lot of sort of the names that we thought were good last year in a way, right? Like for instance, last fall, which is not that long ago, Christopher bell comes and it's, you know, same car, different package, but same car. Um, and you know, he, he wins the race and, and does so fairly convincingly. It got overshadowed by the hail melon, but, um, you know, it was like, wow, bell. Okay. Today, bell, not a factor whatsoever. Non-factor. non-factor, complete non-factor. Yeah, and it ends up finishing 16th, but I mean, really, like, yeah, I had nothing. Um, you look at some of the other drivers today. I mean, I have the William Byron thing blows me away because I guess maybe he had something going wrong late in the race, something mechanical, maybe. Yeah, he thought an and, engine was going or something. Yeah, and then there was also a bad pit stop, which somebody, I think somebody fell down at some point and, and it cost him some track position, but yep. William Byron in practice just yesterday had on all the metrics for the most part, the fastest car, right? Like you're looking at Byron and, and you're like, wow, that is really impressive, especially cause he had gone out in the second practice practice group, which was largely slower. Almost everybody was slower than the first group. And yet he had gone out in the second group and he had, you know, 15 lap average 20, you know, all the stuff, right? He looked really good, really, really good. And then the race starts and he just starts going backwards. He like immediately lost three spots in the opening laps, got passed by Larson pretty early. And it was like, whoa, this is weird. And, um, I don't really think he ever really got higher than maybe ninth or 10th again, which was so odd. I like that. That was really bizarre to me. Um, again, a guy that last year in this race was, you know, dominant, um, it was just a few guys today where I was just like, what is happening? Kyle Bush was, was totally off today. Totally mm-hmm. off. Like they never had it at all. Um, he just pretty much went backwards the whole day, even before his penalty for the equipment thing. Like he, they were going backwards. Um, it was just, I don't know. There was like a lot of weird things. I mean, Chastain was way out to lunch until this, he, you know, he, he tried the strategy. Um, yeah. but like he was, didn't he get lapped at one point? He did go a lap down. Did he go actually fall left down? I know. Maybe there, he was almost getting lapped was, by Priest yeah, yeah. or something. Priest was and, on his bumper and couldn't pass him. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you're right. And if I look back at that, to, to Kyle Larson finished second this race a year ago. And, or, yeah. I'm sorry, last fall, 68 laps. Briscoe was up there. Hamlin was up there. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting race because the guys you expected to do well. You know, Blaney was kind of a non-factor today. He used strategy to get up there. Bubba Wallace, who thought was going to be better. He had a used strategy to get up there. Well, he, he was running okay for a while. And then he had a penalty. He had a yeah, penalty, but he did. And then, but he was never able to, he never. No, he but that was because it. of the track. I mean, that was be- so. track positions, everything clean air, you know, yeah. uh, Bo- Bowman, uh, Bowman was able, uh, was able to overcome his speeding penalty. Well, but I mean, a big third part of the, yes, Truex was making gains at the end, but he was the one on four tires. I think he had four fresh tires and was coming up through the field of guys that didn't have, um, didn't have the same tires that he did. So I think that's why he was able to make some passes. 
But yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like, like, okay, let's say, let's say we're fast forwarding now to, um, October and we're, we're previewing the Martinsville race of like, Oh, who's going to be good. Like, I have no idea because I wouldn't think like Hendrick, the Hendrick cars weren't dominant. Like, yeah, they, they won Larson won, but he wasn't going to win the race. He even Jeff Andrews said afterwards, we've got a lot of work to do before we come back here in the fall for our entire organization. Um, I mean, I think Larson, the only driver you can feel confident in would probably be Denny Hamlin because he's usually more often than not pretty good here. Arguably had the winning car today was fast last fall. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at, I mean, maybe you say, oh, SHR can do it again, but. Yeah. Do you I believe that though? I yeah. Mean, I see, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we've seen enough to trust them on that. Um, Penske was just as a whole. Yeah. It's kinda, just, they've been off. Like they've, they've split like their performance kind of overall. Like, I mean, oh, look, you're going to look at the results today and you're going to be like, you know, Blaney finished well, Logano finished well, but you need to look deeper than that. They just have not. Earlier this year, they they had they had they had speed in the race cars. They were you know, and now they don't have speed in the race cars, and it's gone. And they are it's a weird spot for them right now. And I don't know. Well, just wait till one of them wins Talladega next week. They all play play very well. Could like yeah. I mean that's it's and Cindric could too, and but and Logano could, certainly could. But it's just I I didn't buy the narrative. You know, we talked about it at Atlanta with Paul Wolf of like, hey, you know, we really needed this win. But like they were they weren't that far off. Like Logano was leading the points at one point. You know, I mean, it wasn't like they were running horribly. You know, I, I feel like it was a little bit of a chicken little thing. But now, like, it's it's pulled the alarm. Like, they're not running well. They're 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 definitely off. And you know, again, it's early and things can change. But Blaney especially has had a an odd year where they just there's something missing there. That's I I don't know what that is. But there's I don't know if it's mechanically. I don't know if it's other reasons. But that that team is just not operating to where you would expect them to be Ricky Stenhouse jr. Used strategy to get a uh, eighth place finish today. And they needed that. They, they have uh back to back. What a year he's had. Like to even I mean, obviously one day, 2500, you've had a great year, but take that aside. Like they said, a, he's Ricky Stenhouse jr. Is consistently doing things that we frankly never thought he was going to do like this is a level of consistency he's never had before he's finishing i think his average finish right now is higher than it would ever be um he's doing well he's not putting himself in bad position he's not overdriving the car like they're doing a really really good job of week in and week out regardless of the track of running 15 top 15 and, and and sometimes punching above their weight class and getting top 10s like kudos to them they are really really doing it yeah, I mean Stenhouse is thirteenth in points. I yeah. mean he's he's ahead of uh, Briscoe. Um, well, I mean Byron would be ahead of. I guess he, if you take away the Byron penalty, he would be fourteenth in points. But you know, still, I mean he's ahead of Suarez. He's ahead of Cindric, um, Bubba Wallace, Dylan. So yeah, I mean there's some, you know, for 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 the what for what our expectations were, they're yeah. certainly uh, certainly outperforming there. And I, I I will say too, shame for Todd Gilliland. Uh, he ends up finishing 25th yeah. because I guess he had a cylinder. He dropped a cylinder at one point, but he was having another great run. I mean, he Number was one. really doing, I mean, he's up, up to second for a while. Um, it, I mean, he looked really good. He looked confident. He was racing with some of the big boys. Um, he was going for a, 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 yeah, he was going for a fifth straight top 15 finish. Um, and you know, going into Talladega too, you would, you would think that he could be a factor there. 
front row Dude, cars are always it's a so. weird thing though like next week and this is part of the weird thing is like he's not going to be with his normal team next week they're going to put him with zane smith's truck yeah, that's team. true yeah and front yeah. row is going to run three cars but instead of giving like instead of saying okay we're gonna run three cars we're just going to give zane smith his normal truck series team kind of like what they did at daytona no, like Zane Smith's getting Todd's team, and then Todd's going to the truck team, and it's like we wrote. I wrote about this in the Athletic, and I don't think it can be said enough. Like what he is doing this year, second-year driver with a team that is, you know, mid-level team who doesn't have any resources. He's been kicked out of his ride. He's figuring this out, and he's consistently running well. Like I, if, if I'm a team owner right now, and I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, you know what? I can get Todd Gill, and I probably don't have to pay him a lot of money. Like I'm going to get a guy in my race car who's going to do some things and is probably going to continue to get better with experience. And he, it would be a really easy situation for a young driver to, to do the woe is me. And, oh, you know, all of this stuff and, and, for, and get their head down and just kind of let things spiral. Like he's doing the opposite. That's, it's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, between, uh, Gilliland and LaJoy, you've definitely had a couple guys who have come out and said, look, okay, we don't have the fastest rides, but we're going to, prove ourselves and try to, mm -hmm. you know, just get finishes, take what we can get, um, you know, outperform expectations in a way and, uh, try to see if we can parlay that into something for next year. So, so far, I mean, you know, look, these things can come and go very easily too. You gotta, you gotta keep riding mm -hmm. it while you can. And, you know, one, one or two bad races can make somebody spiral and then all of a sudden their stock kind of drops. But, um, Right now, I think Gilland and, and Corey LaJoy are still uh, still two names that uh, you know people are, are talking about at least free agent market or they should be. They should be. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, somebody told me last week that they're like that somebody's going to get a really they, they they told me someone is going to get a really good driver in Todd Gilland, and if they're not, if people are paying attention. He's somebody that an owner should go after, and it's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out and whether or not how, 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 what 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 the situation is. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, well, what else should we talk about with this, this race? I don't know. I feel like we've kind of gone through some of the running order. Um, Chase Elliott. Oh, is that, did, did he come back did this week? You didn't realize that? Are you, wait, was he, are you sure he came back this week? I hadn't heard anything about that. You didn't hear anything? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he came back this week. This was his first race back. He missed a few races apparently with an injury. You're nah, kidding. I kid, me. I kid you not. I, I, I am being serious. He, he raced today. I kid you not. You know how, you didn't Chase hear Elliott's it? back? You would think that like, NASCAR would have promoted it or Fox would have promoted it or something. They didn't oh you didn't hear God, about this. This is the problem. This is the problem. They've got to promote their stars. Yeah. Gosh, NASCAR, like, make some TV commercials, do some promote. How about an email blast? Social media promotions. Yeah. So, social media, maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. Promote sale. some tweets, send some text to your fans. Something yeah. nobody knew. Put him on a national media was this show. A last minute thing, maybe. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I didn't have time today. to put a plan together or something. Finished tenth. He really? Yeah. No, seriously, came back. Finished tenth. I know. Wow. I know. It's hard. It was hard to miss it. I know. If you weren't paying attention, you would have missed. You would have missed it. I. I'm sorry. I did not hear about this at all. I, I would have brought it up earlier in the podcast, but I had no idea he was even. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Well, that's great. I'm glad he's better. Um. You know, he is the most popular driver, and everybody says that. Uh, once he comes back, everything's going to be great again. So I think that that will be, that will be wonderful. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the TV ratings need a boost. So I'm sure that, um, Chase Elliott being back will, um, uh, you know, I think that will, that will certainly bring a lot of eyeballs back. I don't know if it will bring the 500, 600,000 people that 
for whatever reason, have not been watching on a weekly basis compared to last year, but certainly it's got to be good for something. It, exactly. It's got to be good for something. I, I just, I'm curious to see, like, we've always talked about, like, what the, the the impact is of the star drivers, right? Like, this might be our best gauge we've ever had, maybe since Dale's been out, right, um, of what that impact is. And if there's a bump because Chase is back and it's, we, I know you and I off podcast have had this conversation a lot about television rating stuff. And I've talked, I've been over the last few weeks, I've had a lot of conversations with people in the industry trying to, I don't know the answer. I don't know why the ratings are where they're at. There's a lot of theories, and I think there's probably a little bit of truth and kind of a little bit of and everything. And so I, I do think maybe Chase being out is impacted to, to, to some degree, though I, I, I question it because I look at the Daytona 500 and I look at Fontana, and both those races were down, and Chase raced in both of those races. So maybe there is a Chase Elliott imp, a bump of, of some level, but I don't know if it is to what some people have hung their hat on. And I'm gonna, I'm curious to see what that is. And if the bump is minimal or there is no bump, going back to something, you, an analogy you used earlier, what levers do you pull? Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I in all honesty and in sincerity, I, I just cannot for the life of me fathom that even 100,000 people would have said, you know what? My favorite driver's out. So I'm just not going to watch at all. I'm not going to watch to see how his car does, how his teammates do, how my other favorite drivers do. Um, the only reason I was watching was to see this guy go around the track. And if he's not in the race, I'm not going to watch, let alone half a million people. I, I just can't, I just don't, I just don't, I, I don't, I just don't see it. Now, maybe this is not true, but you know, I did, uh, right when Chase was out, I did a survey of Chase Elliott mm -hmm fans right now granted these are pretty hardcore people if they're in my orbit that i was able to reach out to them or get them to participate in the poll um or whatever right but um i asked people and this was you know an anonymous they didn't have to put their name on it but like what will you do while he's out one of the options was like yeah i won't be watching at all um but i don't think one i if i'm not mistaken i need to go back look not one person picked that like everybody said well i will root for whoever's in the nine or I'll root for my other drivers instead, or I'll just watch and enjoy, you know, but nobody said I'm not going to watch. So the idea that all these missing viewers compared to last year are not watching because of chase Elliott. I just don't, I mean, look, we'll find out on Tuesday or whenever the ratings come out. If, if suddenly the rates, the ratings are back to even again, it's like, Oh, wow, I guess that guy really does have a lot of pull, but I just don't, I don't see it. Cause I, that didn't, like you said, that didn't even, that kind of drop didn't even happen with Dale Jr. or Jeff Gordon or Tony Stewart when, when they left uh, or, or retired and. Um, Explain the Daytona 500 to me. Explain Fontana to me. That's the, that's what I keep coming back to of like, I, I'm not diminishing his popularity, but I just don't think that there, there was this mass access to your point. I just, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, there's there's other issues at play, um, a lot of issues, and I don't know. I mean, again, yeah, I not those. Maybe a I don't bit, really understand. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I don't get it. Like, I mean, yes, like last year did have a lot of storylines. It sort of was an extraordinary year, um, but that's a big chunk of people to be losing every week, and I don't think that 
I mean, it's not like, I mean, the broadcast booth has been the same. The car has been the same. Um, it's largely the same drivers being in contention. So what is it? I, I, I don't really know. I, I really am. I'm at a loss. I, I'm, but I don't think it's Chase Elliott. I don't think it's Chase Elliott. I've asked a lot of people that question and I've heard a lot of different answers and I, but that doesn't, there's no universal, you know, wave. I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting because it comes at a really bad time for NASCAR as you're negotiating yeah. your next. Comes at pretty contract. much the worst possible. This is pretty much the worst possible year for yeah. this to be the case. Yeah. And if anything, so, at least you would take like flat ratings or something. Yeah. You know, but and I know. And I, and I get it. Like, Every not every sport, but most every sport, with the exception of maybe the NFL, is experiencing some kind of decline in, in, in ratings. Because in there's you know no not people are watching consuming sports the same way. But this is a really big. This is a big number. This well, and here's really- the other thing, Jordan. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to race now are, are listening to are saying, well, it's because of like say say the commercials, or it's because of the racing is not as good or whatever, right? But it's, it's tough for me to accept that as an explanation because like, let's say, okay, let's say it is the commercials. Oh, there's been a lot of commercials this year. The commercials are just too much or something. Right. Well, there's always been, I mean, there's always been commercials like, and, and how is this year, this part of the season that much different than any other year that all of a sudden this mass group of people all, all at once would just be like, nah, I'm done. That that's the last straw, like whatever. Um, or, or the racing. Yeah. I mean, the racing's not been, like amazing, but I don't think it's been terrible. Like it's, it's just okay. Right. But I mean, last you want year the racing races, was but... really good, right? right like right. It was all this hype, especially on intermediate tracks. Yeah. You know, like, so you would, and maybe I'm being, maybe I'm not understanding this. Situation. There's all of this like excitement about Fontana. Like this is the perfect track for this car. And it put on a great race last year. We're going back. And guess what? Fontana delivered. Like I am adamant. If you watch the Fontana race this year, you're like, damn, this is good stuff. Like, I, I like this. I'm going to watch again next week. Well, Las Vegas didn't. There was no carryover. And like, mm-hmm. so I, I don't believe the. I mean, listen, yeah, maybe at some tracks that's true, but I think more often than not, like, the racing's been good. The racing was good last year. There was a lot of, you know, there was enough buzz about the quality of racing and the unpredictability of it that I think people would be kind of juiced about what they were going to see this year. You know, Chase, um, Looked like he was pretty gassed uh, at the end there, yeah. um, you know, sitting down by his car. But a lot of the drivers were talking about how hot. Uh, Bubba Wallace was on the ground too, so I, I, you know, yeah, Chase was on the ground too. I don't want to make just like a Chase thing, but Bubba was on the ground too, and it was well. And was... and afterwards, NASCAR reported that several drivers were um, yeah. treated and released from the care center, and that's different because when NASCAR, um, when a driver goes to the care center, say like, um, let's you know, they make the mandatory trip even though they're not hurt right? The NASCAR will say they were seen and released or they were checked and released or something. Right. But if NASCAR says they were treated and released, that means they got something. So like, I think I saw Byron's name on there, maybe Cindric, a couple other guys. So I'm thinking that they probably went and got an IV after the race. Probably dehydrated. Um, Right. Exactly. So, I mean, and it wasn't, I mean, what is it in the seventies there? It's not that hot. It was warm today. Like it was, it was, it was a warm day. But that's not that's not a good sign there. That uh, I mean, we're not in the heat of the summer yet. And if guys are getting this gassed already yeah. um, in, in these hot cars, um, 
anyway, some, some to monitor for sure. Uh, as we go forward, especially, you know, they're like, we, we saw that the mufflers at, uh, at the clash that caused a lot of heat problems mm-hmm. on a not very warm day in LA and they're going to be running race. Yes, for sure. And they're going to be running the mufflers at the Chicago street race in the middle of July, uh, which is going to be real hot if they, if that is going to lead to more, you know, if they haven't fixed whatever made them so hot, made the car so hot with the mufflers on. So anyway, um, yeah, a lot to, a lot to sort of look at there. Uh, one thing that, uh, you did get to experience this weekend, we did get to see, um, for the first time ever, the truck series race, um, was the first NASCAR race ever to have, uh, oval rain tires. Now already, already a pet peeve here. Oh boy. They're everybody. People are yelling me even on Twitter when I called them rain tires, it's not rain tires. It's wet weather tires. Okay. Are, is, are we really going to get, is it really going to be a divide? And I get why people are saying it. it's because they don't want the fans to think that NASCAR is going to use them to race in the rain, in the rain. So they're wet weather tires are not rain tires. Okay. They're rain tires. The rain made the ground wet. And when the ground is wet, you use the tire, you use the rain tires to go around the track. Okay. Why does it matter what they're called? The point is they use these well, rain tires. Names matter, Jeff. I guess. I mean, people are very in, like yelling at me on Twitter about this. Like, what weather tires make everybody happy for once. They're rain tires. Anyway, um, what tires? the rain tires, they didn't really need them actually when they used them the first time. Ah, um, uh, okay. It was, um, it was mostly dry. Let's be honest. And it, then you could have started that race in the, what the track was at is the conversation I've had. Plus pit road was an absolute mess. Okay. So, uh, but the good it, thing it is they, they got to, bit. They got to see that the tires wore. Talk about tire yeah. wear. Those tires had wear. Yes, they the did. Tread. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if, if Goodyear can do that with those tires, um, maybe that's something to look at for the future. Make a fire off, fall off tire on the, for the cup car, please. Um, the other part of that was the drivers and teams wish that NASCAR had been more aggressive by, you know, when they, when they end up calling the race, it was pretty late. The rain had come back, but even if it's a drizzle, the driver's saying, well, we already tried these earlier. Why do you got to drive? First of all, they dried the whole track later to just, they could put the slicks back on. There was a little bit of just like, and, and Elton Sawyer came out later, I guess in an interview with Bob and somebody else. I yeah, can't remember. That was, yeah. Um, you know, maybe we could have been more aggressive. I'm sure they'll look at that, but, um, the point is they've now used these tires in competition. They know it works something that they have, uh, you know, as, as a lever to pull since we're talking about levers, um, in, in several cases in this podcast. So there's, there's another one that if it gets into a rainy situation, you know, New Hampshire, right? Like well, new lights there. That's the thing too. So yeah. Right. So, you know, a place like that, right? Like you're not going to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that I, was something it was, I thought I was, I was, it went as about as well as I thought it could go. I was impressed with how it did it. Um, you know, you can pick apart. Maybe you could have started that race 20, 30 minutes earlier. Um, I, I didn't like how many laps it took between the switch off from rain t- wet weather tires, excuse me, wet weather tires to to the slicks. And I feel like that could have been more streamlined. I also I, I wouldn't be opposed to leaving it up to the teams almost to some level of saying, yes, hey, that's true. You know, too. Yeah, I, I didn't like how you closed pit road. And then it was like it just that was a long stoppage there coming out of an already delayed race it just felt like there was too much downtime and i felt really bad for the fans sitting in the grandstand and i talked to a 
quite a few of them um, over the weekend who were they're there for on Friday, and they're like, they were unhappy, like really unhappy. And I and I understand that, like, and so, but I, I get it from the perspective of like this: the first time they were used, like, let's not rush into this and just assume that we're going to know everything that's going to happen. This was kind of like a kind of wading into the water, if you will, you know, instead of jumping in the deep end. And then for the first time, I was encouraged. I think you could probably learn a few things from this in terms of the implementation of it. Um, but I, I think it, it's, it's something to look forward to going forward. At least you have this tool in your toolbox you can lean on. Um, obviously, the Long Beach Grand Prix was today as well, but I don't really feel like we're in a position, a great position to talk about it. I don't think you got to see any of it. If I'm I not saw mistaken. nothing of it. Um, cause it was head to head with NASCAR. You were at the track. I had it on, um, sort of at a lower volume, uh, watching both races at the same time. Kyle Kirkwood wins a pretty exciting actually end of the race, um, with Roman Grosjean trying to track him down and, and having more push to pass. Um, ultimately Grosjean finished the second again, still looking for that first win. Um, he had some sort of notable, notable incidents. I mean, like at one point, Pato Award dive bombs um scott dixon dixon you know i don't know if he thought pato was going to cut him a break or maybe back out or just didn't realize he was going to make that move so late and dixon goes into the tires um and was not happy afterwards um a couple things like that rossi on the very last lap stuffs it in the tires so it was it was an eventful race but um i just don't feel like i can i mean it's it's tough when you're watching two races at once to try to keep track of everything going on. My, most of my focus is on NASCAR. So not that we're an IndyCar podcast, but we like to talk about all forms of motorsports if we can. And it just, um, sorry, if you're looking for long beach grand prix talk, I don't really have. Yeah. I, I don't know the man. I, I saw nothing of it. Um, I did go back and watch the Texas race, which I missed. Cause I was at the racetrack for that. That was a heck of a race. Um, that was good as advertised. It's unfortunate. I, 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 I get, everybody's got their own agendas and why they do things, but it's just, it's really sucks when you've got these two races at the same time on two different networks. And you're, I, I think it's, it is really, really cool when you've got different fan bases watching different racing at the same time and they're all chiming in on social media. And it feels like we're all just kind of sitting at the bar together, you know, whether it's a day when it's F1 and IndyCar, the NASCAR, like it was uh, for St. Petersburg, the IndyCar race there. Um, it's just, sucks because i do feel like you're you're fracturing an audience which is already kind of splintered the way it is so yeah yeah and i mean um not that that's whatever rating that that indycar was going to get on nbc i'm sure nascar would have gotten at least some of those viewers i'm not saying that all indycar fans would have automatically watched the NASCAR. other reason jeff right there (laughs) i mean like let's I, i think it's better when uh, I, I love, I, I think motorsports fans should be motorsports fans and each form of racing is, has its own sort of little unique things about it. Some people like some things about it. Some people don't about each series, but, um, I like it better when everybody's just watching racing together. And I hate that. Like you said, when it's, it's, you know, I get it. Cause I mean, any, the long beach grand prix, I mean, that, that's, that, that was starting at noon, whatever yeah. local time, right? It's on the so West you, coast. I mean, you're you had, kinda... they had to start it then. They're not going to start it too much later than that, especially to get on NBC. NBC is not going to give them a 6 PM, 7 PM primetime spot on a Sunday night for long beach. Um, and, but, and NASCAR obviously is trying to go later start time so they can get more ratings. Right. Like, um, so, but this is the kind of, I, I hate, I hate when that happens, but 
it, it's not. It, it felt it's... unavoidable to some. Like I mean, it felt unavoidable. Yeah. Like you don't know how you do it this weekend. Hopefully, going forward, it's not a problem. Can I ask you a question about something else that happened at Martinsville this weekend? Yes. Uh, what did you think of John Harnemichek's car uh, catching on fire after the Xfinity Series race? I at that point when I saw that I was like, you know what? I think this I'm officially over burnouts now. Um, but then Larson oh, had a great burnout. Um, okay. you know, he went, he did a burnout all the way around the track. So, but yeah, like I, when I saw that car, well, so first of all, I was watching with my daughter because I, my wife was at work and I had both of my girls. And so I told them oh. like, look, I can't, we can't, I can't, we can't start bedtime. I can't put you guys to bed until this race is over. I've got to watch the end of this Xfinity race. Sorry. Like, which they, I mean, I don't know why I said, sorry. They, they want to stay up later. Right. So I'm watching the race with, with my girls and I'm like, Oh, look like, um, you know, this car just won. Okay. It's going to be done. And I was like, watch this guys. Like a lot of the cars, when they win, they do a burnout, which is like where the tires, there's like a lot of smoke. So I'm sitting there <laughs> with one girl in each arm and all of a sudden it catches on fire. And my four-year-old's like, daddy, why is that car on fire? And I started getting like super nervous because he wasn't getting out of the car. And like, first he goes forward, he's driving with it. Then he starts like backing up and the car is like burning. And I, I wanted to be like, dude, get out of the car. And I'm like, oh gosh. Um, so I was just like, like, oh yeah, sometimes he catches his car on fire. Isn't that silly? A uh, car did that earlier this year too. Ha ha. Wow. I was like trying to play it off, but I was like, get out of the car. I have my two kids here. I can't, you see you burned alive in the car. Um, <laughs> anyway, it kind of made me nervous, but, um, I was just like, what this is. Okay. This is done. Like, let's just stop with the burnouts. Like they, they burnouts are so unoriginal at this point. Like just, just stop them all. But then again, like I said, this, is, this was the, this was the take, this was the hot take. I thought I was going to get from this. Was well, so, Do you not agree with it? I, well, again, just, I, I just had a kind of a bet with a media colleague of ours about, we thought that Jeff was going to take the position of like ban burnouts. These are all stupid. No, no, I'm not saying ban them. I'm just saying like, all right, this is just, come on. Like, but, but like I said, then again, Larson today, um, he does his burnout and he pretty, I, I, I believe he did it all the way around the track which that's like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool right there. So, um, yeah, I'm not really in like, let's, let's, I mean, we don't need to do like cars catching on fire type burnouts, like with Zane Smith and Neiman check. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, eh, that's, that's a little much. Don't you think? No, am I, am I in the wrong here? Am I just old man yelling at the cloud once again? I hope so. I mean, I'm not right. I don't, I'm not going to ban them. Like whatever. I mean, honestly, to me, it was like a thing of, it's at that point, it, like let's you know, yesterday, if it would if it hurt the track, it, I didn't care because the race was over and there was enough time to repair the track, right? So it wasn't going to impact anything that happened on Sunday. And the car, Nemechek's got to answer for the car to his team owner. So it was like, if you want to do it, do it because you're not really negatively hurting anyone, maybe besides your own team owner. So go for it. I don't care if you want to do a burnout and your truck or car catches fire. Well, then that's on you. You know, as long as you're not holding up the rest of the racing action because you, you screwed up the track, which didn't happen. It's like, cool. You do whatever, man. You do you. Yeah. I'd rather see everybody have like their own little uh, wrestling type celebration, like the backflip yeah. or the bow. Or, or the, the wheel with Logano. Or yeah, watermelon. yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah, have your own cool. sort of trademark thing. Come up the with trademark, the, yeah, yeah. The watermelon thing. Yeah, what would your trademark be? Mine? Yeah. Crotch shop. 
A cross like chop? A, yeah, like the DX cross chop. I could see you doing that. You think I would do that? Yeah, I could see you doing the DX cross, cross chop. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That, I can't believe that's your, your, your view of me. No, I was thinking that I would be like um, whining and complaining and yelling about something. <laughs> uh, I would get out of the car and start going like this, like <laughs> wagging my finger in outrage about something. <laughs> Speaking of which, a uh, podcast listener of ours gave you a nice gift this weekend, a string of pearls, which uh, I've got in my briefcase. I wish I had them here, but uh, they gave me a nice, I, I don't think they're real. A string of uh, pearls? Yeah, a string of pearls. A, a podcast pearl listener gave you? me a string of pearls? Yep. They gave, gave them to me, you to give to, to me? To give, yes, a string of pearls. So as you can probably guess the connotation there. So I'm just clutching pearls. Maybe. That's what I do on this podcast. Yeah, but yes, and they might have used Coda as an example of how they were very entertained by Turtle One at Coda, and you seem to hate all the fun. Yes, triple overtime because I didn't want it to be a clown show, so I was clutching pearls. Yeah, it's a nice little gift. I mean, your daughters might like it, so it'll be cute to give them. Well, they are into yeah whatever dress up necklaces, so yeah, pass it along. Well, I'll see you next sure. week at Talladega. I will bring it there. Can't wait. Good luck getting that in your carry-on bags, sir. Um, <laughs> you have a string of pearls in your bag. Are those yours? That sir? wouldn't even crack the top fifty of the weirdest things I've had in my carry-on bag. Okay. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely don't want to know this one, um, Jordan. I I feel bad, but I did snipe you last week oh, with man. the was it a good race poll? I finally got my first win. Again, I do feel bad. The only reason you lost was because you underestimated the. Bristol dirt backlash because it was a better race than people voted for. Right. I even had, um, a decently well-known cup series driver text me this week and go, yo, what in the world are people voting for on your poll? Like, how is that? That that was a good race. Like how are people voting it so low? I just wrote back and I said, it's, they don't like Bristol dirt. They don't, I'm not the only one, but some people could not acknowledge, which I understand uh, that that was an okay race. I mean, again, uh, like I'm, I'm with you. I rapped about it. Uh, but you know, like no matter how good that race was, a lot of yeah. people were not going to vote no matter what. So you got, you got bit by that. Unfortunate for you. You weren't even that far off, but I sniped you on the prices, right. So now I have to go first and try to figure out what the heck people are going to think of this Martinsville race, which is tough because, I don't think it was that great. Um, was it a bad race? I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to go under 50%, but I don't know. I'm just going to say, uh, 52. I think it's going to be close. No, I want to swear. You took my number. Really? Right on the nose. 52, 52 is my number. I thought about this all day. Fair game is to just go point one above or below. So it's your job no, to do that. No, I don't. If that do was your that. number, just say higher or lower. That's it. That's all you have to do. I set the uh, what, I set the over was, under. What was Martinsville last year? Do you remember? Oh, in the gosh, spring? I don't know. Well, I mean, could you come to the podcast prepared, please? Oh, geez, you're asking a lot here. Can you fill some <laughs> no, time I while I, while I look up the? Okay, here here's last year's numbers. Martinsville won last. Oh, uh oh, I might have blown this. Martinsville won last year was 18.7%. Martinsville won last year. That 18.7%, that equals, this is this is how low this was in, in history. 
That is the fifth lowest race ever in the poll. This race was better than that, though. No? Yes, it was. I would, yeah, I, I mean, it definitely was better. There's no doubt about it. Um, would you like to know the Hail Melon from last year? Yeah, why not? Yeah, please. Okay, Hail Melon, which was really not that great of a race uh, up until the finish. The last, really. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the last 50 laps, it turned yeah. into a stretch race, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Um, that was a 78.9. Ooh. So Ooh. I don't know if that helps you at all. Not really, because now I kind of want to go lower than 52. <laughs> because of the 18.7? Yeah, people yeah. were mad about that spring race last year. Real mad. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go I'll go 45. Ooh, way lower. Okay. 45 for you, 52 for me. It seems like Elon has given us a reprieve. Uh, it looks like the poll, at least for one more week, is going to be up. He is now saying on Twitter that the new date for all of us losing our verification is um april 20th so if he comes through on that and and takes the poll along with that then this i guess could be the last poll we'll just keep doing it every week until uh till he takes the ability to vote away and makes everybody buy twitter blue uh, there but, you go um i'm not going to uh, make everybody do that again and it fe- seems like we found a decent alternative on this straw poll website assuming twitter doesn't suppress the links like have they done with Substack? I don't know if you guys have followed that, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. You know what Jordan, next week is, right? We get to see each other next week at Talladega. Yes. And it will be our first podcast on video when we're in the same room. Well, how, wait, how are we going to do that? No, how are we even going to do that? I don't think it's that hard. We just set up a camera and record. Yeah, but we're not going to be on Zoom. We, we do this on Zoom now. We're going to be yeah, in the same we'll room. Just, it's not that complicated. We just like set up a camera and like in the room and have it record. And then we just upload the video. I don't really think it's that complicated. Oh, I'm going to have to think about this. Okay. It, well, it's really not like, I mean, you're overthinking this. Yeah. All right. I mean, you, I can literally take my laptop and record us and just have it right on my laptop. You have the same laptop. You have like a broken laptop that you've been using, even though the company has sent you a new laptop. <laughs> two brand new laptops they've sent me. And you're still using the soul. It's, it's the same reason. Like I was, I was thinking about this, you know, cause you got caught up in the Android versus iPhone thing this week. Oh, and why are you such a snob? Because you just, why not try something like better technology? You have there two new laptops. Technology. The iPhone's not okay. better than Android. I, there was nothing you can do on your phone that I can't do on mine. Well, one thing I, you could communicate with people easier on a nice group text with a very nice blue bubbles and not ruin everybody else's group text with the green bubbles by being the one person. Well, why do you look so mad? Okay. It's, it's, this is, I just, this is such a petty, stupid thing. Look, if you had group text and you, you can't even name the group text. If somebody in it has an Android, as long as everybody's got the iPhone, you can name the group text. You can put a little, it's, it's great. You could see that your thing was delivered. You can, you can put the little reactions to it, like thumbs up or ha ha. But with yours, no, I can't. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, on that note, can't wait to see you next week, Jordan. Yeah, I can't (laughs) wait, buddy. Be great. Be fun. Oh, boy. All right. Well, everybody, (laughs) thanks as always for listening to The Teardown, and we will talk to you live from Talladega next week. See you later.